we all get a second chance every day or a third or like every new day is a new chance to be who you really want to be and to live the life you really want to live. And Frank told me uh, that Vincent died and this was so unreal. There were a lot of militaries in Changu. They were very controlling. There came another lockdown. If you had your mask under your nose, they kicked you out of the islands. You had to go back to your home country. So they measured her, blo her blood and then they saw that the oxygen level in her blood was 70. And that's really, really, like actually, it's a miracle that you're still alive on this level. Like in, yeah, when that came in, I immediately decided in a fraction, I go back to the Netherlands. I want to be with my sister. And from the moment I arrived here, I felt so strange. I felt homesick. And I also missed one person in particular. And then another thing happened. Such a bad movie script, but it really happened. Welcome to the House of Oneness podcast, where we dig deep into the world of plant medicine to help you in your spiritual and personal growth. Our host of this podcast has traveled the world to learn from different shamans, maestros, and other spiritual leaders. She has many years of experience with plant medicine ceremonies. Here is your host, Maria Joanna. Welcome to this podcast and in this podcast I'm going to share how it has been for me to be in the Netherlands. Um, maybe you saw on social media that there was a point that I left Bali, not because of a positive reason but it was because my sister was in hospital and yeah lately there has been some events in my life that impacted me also on how I look at life. Uh, quite some emotional stuff and I want to share these stories uh, as an update what is happening in my life right now and also what you can learn when you go through some yeah darker side uh, yeah, periods in your life and I would like to start at the ver first thing because I'm going to share three events that happened in my life that changed my vision and also let me reflect deeper and I said like the period that I was in the Netherlands. I am still in the Netherlands when I'm recording this, but the moment I'm recording this, I will leave in 10 days. Will it be Bali or Mexico? Going back to the first event when I was in Bali, um, I was living in Bali, it was my dream life. I was so happy, I was grateful for every day that I woke up and we also said, and I mean, we, I mean, friends that I had on Bali, we said to each other like, oh, what a blessing to be here. What a blessing. Blessing. Every day is a blessing. And the vibes at Bali, the people there are so happy. It's such a positive yeah, vibe that you experience. Uh, if you've been there, I guess you know. And there came a day that I got a phone call from a friend and he told me that our common friend died in an accident. And it was so unreal to hear. He's the same age as I am. And it was so out of the blue, but I was in contact luckily with him right before he passed away. Two days before he passed away, I had a very long phone call. And if you would say, maybe you should exchange something or you should say something before someone is leaving, uh, is dying. We said it all. 
he was such an amazing person, but I will first tell you what happened. Um, Vincent was living in Colombia and he was living at a tribe. So we share the same passion for plant medicines. We know each other from, I think, 2011 or 2012, something like that. And we were both soul searching, like what is the purpose of our lives? We were trying to make a career. He was always in fashion. I was in online marketing, sales, but never felt the fulfilling feeling that I was longing for. And he had the same. That's why we had this connection. And we met to this common friend. They were working at, um, yeah, a luxury street in Amsterdam, a luxury shop for men. And I, one day I visited them because I was just out of this ayahuasca experience. It was a few days after I was so full of it. And I thought, oh, my friends should know about this. And I was cycling into the city, but oh, let's visit them and let's share my story. I went in with full enthusiasm, like, oh, I did ayahuasca and you should know about this. This is, uh, you should do this too. Yeah, at that point I had to learn to not throw all my enthusiasm to people because I know now, of course, ayahuasca is not for everyone and this is not maybe the right way. But what happened, our common friend said like, like what happened to you? Are you crazy? But Vincent was very curious. So he went to my, he went together with me to my second ayahuasca ceremony. It was his first experience. My sister was there. His best friend was there. My ex-boyfriend was there. And it was out of this world what we experienced. And that also um, yeah, made a bonding. Also that you have experienced this together. And we did so many ceremonies together. I will also say what I'm doing now with Choco Bliss is an idea that I had together with him. I mean, it was my idea to say like, yeah, we should bring the ceremonial plants to people's houses, that this comes back into people's lives, to do a ritual together, to have this deeper connection with each other, to reflect. And like when you do a ceremony at home, uh, of course, you focus on yourself, but afterwards, if you can share this with a friend, it's so beautiful. And this is also what I've done with him several times, different plant medicines. Then he had an idea, then I had an idea. And he was a person who always had ideas, who was also doing it. He did so many things as an entrepreneur, trying one, two, three, four, like things. And not everything was a success, but he kept on trying, kept on trying with passion. And that was also what we had in common. The other thing is that, yeah, uh, I think we also shared in common that everyone is welcome for us. So we did a lot of retreats together. And when you work with a plant medicine, it's a little sleep and a lot of things happen in one evening and imagine in a retreat. So we have been laughing a lot. We have been crying together. He's been guiding me. I've been guiding him. We've been guiding my father together. We've been guiding his mother together. Um, we've been working with different shamans together and yeah, wow, I have so many amazing memories of him and that's the beautiful thing with memories. Nobody can take this away from you. But what happened, so when I was in Bali, I got this phone call from our common friend, Frank is his name, and Frank told me uh, that Vincent died and this was so unreal and actually it's the first yeah, person that I lost who was really close to me. I mean, I've lost my 
grandparents, but it's different. He was young, he was living his dreams fully. And in this tribe where he was living, I was living in the mountain next to the people of the tribe. He was, yeah, they honored him when he passed away. They gave him a special place. It was, yeah, it's like a monument because he was so important for so many people. When he passed away, uh, his parents found out that people were all the time uh, borrowing money of him. So he was like kind of the bank over there. And people were stressed like, oh my God, we have to, he's still, uh, yeah, he has to have money back, but this all is all solved. And um, yeah, it's, it's a very special person. And that's why they, yeah, they called him also a Taita after he died and he, they made a monument. But how he died is a very sad story. He um, had to do a visa run from Colombia to Brazil. So he went to the borders and he arranged the visa. Yeah, he decided to stay a little longer and he rented a, a scooter. And when he was renting his scooter, they said, oh, but there's now the coronavirus and we are afraid that this will be on the helmet. So we don't give you a helmet. He's very easygoing person, like, okay, whatever, give me this scooter. He was driving after he was visiting a friend in the evening. And when he was driving back home, he also was driving the wrong direction, but he felt. And when he felt, his head was on the stones and then he felt in some water like not very deep but next to the uh, the stones and because of the coronavirus people were afraid to help him so nobody was helping him for too long and then he drowned himself in this water it's like such a bad movie script but it really happened and this is how he passed away so unreal and it made me realize how grateful I am for yeah, living. And I remember also that I was in Bali in the mountains and he was living in the mountains. Just a few days before he passed away, he sent me pictures of his view and how he was living in the mountains. And then when I was living in the mountains, I was staying in the mountains. I was also so thinking about him being grateful also for following my heart and being in Bali. Um, and that he, yeah, he had a life that he cannot have any regrets. But then you're on another side of the world. And one thing is also that I thought a little bit like, it would be nice to share this with someone who also knew Vincent. Because of this, of course, I could call with people who knew him and we were exchanging memories. And now that I'm here, I've been visiting his mother also exchanging memories, that's beautiful. But when I was there, um, I was sad, I cried, of course. But I also saw the people are so happy at Bali that it's almost impossible to be sad. But yeah, it let me think, it let me reflect. And then a month later, I moved from Changu to Ubud. If you've been at Bali, you know these places, but if you haven't been there, Ubud is more the spiritual place. Changu is more the place for achievers. Uh, there's a lot of people who are surfing and Instagram influencers. And then you have Uluwatu that is even more focused on surfing. Um, 
I moved from Changu to Ubud at that time. I want to have a bit more peace and I found my dream house. It was actually a miracle. I was staying in the, in the jungle and I thought the jungle is giving me such an amazing vibe. I want this peace, so I want to live in the jungle. I remembered one place that I've been once, so I thought maybe this is a place to live. And I think there's always a, a, yeah, a force that is guiding you. It's not you who's creating, it's also you. Somehow your intuition tells you, hmm, maybe move to Ubud. And the moment I moved to Ubud, there were a lot of militaries in Changu. They were very controlling. There came another lockdown, but the lockdowns in Bali, I mean, I've been eating in the restaurant every day, even when it was the lockdown. And also because Ubud was a lot more free. In Changu, they said it was really a lockdown. If you had your mask under your nose, they kicked you out of the islands. You had to go back to your home country. So it was very strict, but I escaped it because I was in Bali there. I walked down the, yeah, the, this jungle vibe mountains. I walked down, walked down, and there were rivers, and there was such a beautiful environment of plants from all different green colors. And the palm trees, you could hear the, the water also flowing, and they called this also holy water. There was like around this place, there were two rivers, and one was yeah, next to a house that I thought, this is my dream house. But it also felt a bit unreal. So I walked back because nobody was there. I was just walking around. I thought, oh, I would really love to live in this house, but maybe it's a crazy idea. So I walked back to my scooter up the stairs and then I saw some people and they said, hey, are you new here? I said, no, but I would love to live here. And they said, okay, but what house? I said, the house down there, I, I'm in love with that house. And they said, but we are the owners. There were like four houses at one um, place. And they said, if you want, you can take a look. I said, wow, yes. So I went down again. I walked into this house and I thought, yes, this is what I want. Exactly more than I could wish for. So I decided to move to Ubud. I just had four days left in the other house. So it was merging. When I moved there, I was living there just for one week. And then I got a phone call from my father. And that day I already felt really bad. I thought, I don't know what's going on. I left my house also without my phone. I thought, what is going on? My whole body is feeling so strange. And yeah, when I came back and I saw the missed calls from my father, I called him back and he told me, your sister is in the hospital, but we have like no connection with hospitals. <laughs> and then he said, yeah, and she's fighting for her life. And in, yeah, when that came in, I immediately decided in a fraction, I go back to the Netherlands. I want to be with my sister. And of course, also, I, I was gone for eight months at that moment. I also missed my family a little bit. Yes. No, more and more, actually. So it's also, it was good to go back. And the only thing that was on my mind is I want to be with my sister. And in Bali, most people are by themselves, the Western people. The local people are very sweet and they're all living in communities. But the Western people are by themselves and they have no family there. What I experienced 
when I shared this news that I'm leaving, I was leaving, I got so much love, I got all the help. Um, my house was full every day, people were yeah, taking time to say goodbye and that's what I like so much. Yeah, that people live more quiet, so they have the time. So people also helped me to move out. I gave away so, so much stuff. Also with the idea, I will come back. But the question is if I will uh, or when. But yeah, um, the, the journey back went very smooth. I arrived in the Netherlands and then the boyfriend of my sister said like, I have to prepare you. Your sister is not the person that you are used to. What happened, she had a bacteria in her lungs and it's called streptococcus, if I'm right, uh, how I pronounce it. And she had a lot of pain in her lungs. She went to the doctor and they asked her, because COVID of course is top of the mind now, they asked her if she was vaccinated and she said no. And then, oh, but you're a danger, like, oh, you have to go away if you're not vaccinated. Here's a test, just go home. And they were very rude to her. So she felt also like, okay, but where to go now? And she couldn't even stand on her feet. And she, yeah, she could do, couldn't do anything. Yeah, so then they went back to the hospital. Her husband was not allowed to be with her, so she was by herself. And they also saw like, okay, my sister's very slim and most COVID patients are fat. And who, who are, I mean, I've also had COVID, <laughs> but I mean, who are dying, who are in danger. That's, uh, yeah, in, in, most likely someone who's more fat. So they thought she's different. So they measured her, blo uh, her blood and then they saw that the oxygen level over in her blood was 70. And that's really, really like actually, it's a miracle that you're still alive on this level. Like 75 is already you go, like uh, you have a blackout, but this is like, you cannot even live with that. So then there was panic. They put her on a, in an ambulance. They drove her to the hospital. It was just five minutes from the dead place to another place. And her husband was like, what's going on? Uh, he followed and when he arrived in the hospital that he saw 12 doctors around my sister and it was like the question if she would make it. He saw the stress on their faces and he was like, whoa, it was, yeah, I would say it will be traumatic to see your wife like that. And yeah, a few days later I arrived on Schiphol Airport. I was just only focused on I want to be with my sister and it was good that her boyfriend prepared me because he told like Maria your your sister is different because of medication and what happens to her so she's she will not be happy or enthusiastic when she sees you and that was also what happened so it was good that I was prepared my sister had yeah I don't know exactly the right English words but she was just really really sick and she had been fighting for her life also when I just heard it when I was trying to sleep, every breath that I took was, I was thinking about her as if I was breathing for her. I felt so connected. But yeah, um, she was still on the IC, so um, she needed a lot of care. But she was getting better and better every day. 
And at one point they said, as she was in hospital for two weeks, they said, if you can walk up the stairs, you can go home. And she said, her mind was like, no matter what, I'm going to walk up the stairs. And yes, she did. Then a period followed that she couldn't do anything at home. So her children couldn't be with her. She couldn't be a mother. And it was emotionally very hard for her. And it was also hard for me to see my sister like that. She was... Yeah, she couldn't stand up in the shower, for example. I've been washing her hair. Or another moment that was also touching for me is that I was walking with her and she could just walk five minutes around a, a block of houses. And she was like, yes, I can walk around this block of houses. Like it was five minutes, but she could not even speak because there was too much energy. And then she was so happy with that. And yeah, I was touching to see that. And also the realization came to me like how important your health is and to take good care of your health and your body. And also when you need a rest, the balance in your life, not to stress too much, not working too much. And um, yeah, she was recovering very fast. She had one time that she had to go back to the hospital, but yeah, I would say also now like she's not fully recovered because this can take, they said it could take even a year. But we are a few months later now and uh, July, August, yeah. So I'm here three months. And she even went on holiday last week with her family. And um, yeah, she's not back to the old, but she is healing faster than they would expect. So that's really good. And then another thing happened. Um, don't know how to call it, like, but my best body on Bali. Um, yeah, when I left Bali, I was only focused on where I was going, but I was not focused on what I left behind. And from the moment I arrived here, I felt so strange. I felt homesick. And I also missed one person in particular, and that's him. I, I realized how much he means to me or meant to me. The moment I arrived back here and I thought, oh my God, I miss him. Like he's so in my heart and yeah, I'm thinking about him a lot. This is actually love. And from that moment on, we were brainstorming every day where we would meet again. That was also the last thing that we did when we said goodbye in Bali. Like where will we meet again? Because we, we have been spending time for seven months We've been traveling, we've been going here, going there. We had such an amazing adventure because he was actually the only one who was in for everything, like me. That's why we became so close. And there we were brainstorming, like, where on the planet will we meet again? And that's also what we did. So when I arrived back, I felt also in a way guilt, guilty because I was not, I didn't want to be in the Netherlands. And there was a feeling of guilt, like, I'm so sorry for my family, but I don't want to be here. And I don't want to be so negative because, I mean, I have nothing to complain from the rational point of view. But we were calling every day, like, okay, we're going to go there, brainstorming. Okay, then what are the rules? What are things that we have to think about? We have been thinking about so many places. And actually, I was all the time the one who said, but it's not the thing. No, it doesn't feel right. So I sometimes also thought, oh, he will be, yeah, I make him crazy because I'm changing all the time. And I also thought like, whoa, I'm changing every day, not every day, but 
all the time I was changing. No, we go to this country, no that country, no that country, no this country. I thought, oh my God, I felt ashamed of my own, yeah, changes all the time. <laughs> but he has a lot of patience. Then I was traveling to Morocco and suddenly the contact was gone. And it was so strange from having everyday contact for planning to be together for one year because that was what we were planning to nothing and a few days is okay but a few days became like four days five days six seven until day nine i thought okay this is very long and i was also worried i was really worried and i thought maybe he had had an accident but i didn't know and then i thought maybe it's just a it's a decision of him to break the contact and I will never maybe find out why but the only thing I can do is accept it. It was difficult to accept but I decided to accept that he doesn't want to have contact with me anymore but it was so not him so it was also very strange. But yeah, I thought I can only accept. And then at day 10 a friend of his send me a message like, Maria, do you have an update? I said, no. She said, you should ask, contact his friends, contact his friends. I thought, yeah, I don't want to be disturbing. No, you should ask. And I thought, oh yeah, you're right. So I sent a text message to his friends and right at that moment he had his phone for the first time after these 10 days. And then I finally heard that he had an accident and he had, uh, he broke his knee on five places. He had three operations and that was, also relief i when he called me i cried i thought oh also because it was so confusing to have from everyday contact no contact from yeah yeah that was um it was just strange and i would say from that moment on we had a little contact also because he was suffering of course he has been in pain all the time and I don't want to disturb him. He doesn't want to disturb me with his pain. I guess it's only guessing. Another thing that was happening is because in the end I said, you know what? All these countries, I just go back to Bali because that's yeah, where my heart is. From the moment I left Bali, it was as if I left a part of my soul over there. And the rules started to change. And I was questioning myself like, okay, uh, and the rules are still all the time changing. So when you see this, it's probably already changed. It changes all, yeah, every week at least. Then I saw to go to Bali is two vaccinations, four or five PCR tests. Yeah, you see already in my body language, if you're looking at the video, that I don't agree with this. And eight days of quarantine in Jakarta and you cannot even open a window so it's in a way jail but freedom is so important to me that like this is against my values and i know like soon they will change it that you can do quarantine at bali maybe i can like go there escape the rules a little bit because that's also very common in bali you can always escape the rules a little bit i don't know i don't know for now i saw I start to feel like, hmm, I made this promise and I want to keep this promise, but this is against my values. 
So I have to look for another place. And since we have been brainstorming the whole planet almost, <laughs> I just went to one of our fantasies and I chose to go to Mexico. And it was so hard and so strange to like not be in contact, making this big decision, which also caused me pain in my heart. One thing for him and the other thing is for Bali. But yeah, I made this decision and that's gonna be my new chapter in my life. Um, it also felt as if I was going to Bali. It was like chapter 2.1. I know this chapter already. It's a very good chapter. And chapter four is Mexico and it's a whole new start. I don't know anything. Yeah, I never did research about Mexico until now. Everything is new, everything is open. I have no clue, I have no plan. I have some kind of idea that maybe when I go there that I'm gonna visit a friend who's more in the north and then I go to, to Tulum. Tulum is like Bali vibes. And I'm very much looking forward, but I'm sharing this story also for a reason. So actually there has been a lot more in my life, like a lot more, all stressful situations. I'm like, what? It's, it's also almost a miracle that I could have so many challenges going on also now, but in 10 days I'm leaving. So all the challenges have to be solved. Otherwise I cannot leave. Then I will fly a little later. But we need both. We need like, to me, Bali was, living the dream and this not a nightmare that's also too much <laughs> but we also need challenges in our lives and we need challenges sometimes to question ourselves is this all really what i want in my life are these the right people is this in the right place am i li living my mission am i on the right track i've been reflecting i've been challenged to reflect everything or so many things in my life and also because, okay, Vincent died, my sister almost died. I saw that my sister couldn't do anything. She couldn't fulfill the role that she wants to have. And yeah, it will also be a process for her to realize that she could be, yeah, yeah, she could been passed away. So this is her second chance. But we all get a second chance every day or a third or like every new day is a new chance to be who you really want to be and to live the life you really want to live. And if you don't have your health, so for my sister, and I will call him my good friend from Bali, he, um, he's not from Bali, but he's living in Bali. Yeah, um, I realize also how important is your health. And when you have your health, you can do so much. And that's why I even have more energy more motivation to go and explore to go travel to do what i feel and yes i also have my responsibilities definitely and that's definitely here at this moment so these 10 days before i leave i will take care of all my responsibilities and if i'm not done i just go a little later but i now have a like a, a goal i know where i'm going and you can also be lost. You don't know where you're going. I've been there this period. Like I was lost. I didn't know where to go. I was like, I go here, I go there, I go here, I go there. And I know of course that all the answers are inside. And if you check in with your soul and if you're connected with yourself, you can be in peace every day. But yeah, that didn't really fully happen to me. I, was, I haven't been in peace that much. Um, 
But of course, there's been beautiful moments. I mean, I spent so much time with my family. I've been organizing two parties at my parents' house. It was full house, two times. Um, I've been meeting people, new people, my, my friends. Um, I've been doing chocolate ceremonies. I've been testing new medicines. Um, it has been very, very valuable to be here and beautiful but also very challenging, like I thought, I cannot remember that I had so many things going on in my life at the same time. So yeah, um, we need a duality in our lives. When you have been through like a challenging or a dark side in your life, you can appreciate the light even more. And I know that I'm almost there. And with these stories, I also want to yeah, invite you to reflect on your life. So you have your health or you don't, but most people have, of course. But to ask yourself, what can you do to take good care of yourself? Because you are the only one who's responsible for your life. And what is your inner voice telling you? And this is to me really a time where it's more important than ever to listen to your inner authority instead of the outer authority and to follow up on your inner voice. So, is everything in your life what you want? Is everything at the right place? Are the right people there? Or what would you like to create? What do you feel from inside? And start taking action on that. And that's also uh, what I am doing. I know now what I want. And um, hopefully, I'm gonna record one more podcast here but in these next videos, you will see me in a sunny place somewhere in Mexico. So see you there. I want to know why I'm here. What is my purpose? And ayahuasca helped me a lot. It shaked up my life. And you find out who you really are. There were two questions. What is this third eye? How does the power work in the, in, in the world? Like who is really having the power? What is the all-seeing eye on this dollar bill? And in my first ayahuasca experience, it connected both. The world is doing their best that you also learn that authority is outside yourself. Thanks for listening. Check out our website, houseofoneness.com for more information about plant medicine, microdosing, and ceremonies. Or find Maria Joanna at Instagram. Check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time, keep following that inner voice.